Let's go. Let's go. Oh, oh did you want to? Sorry. I'll let you. I'll let you. Next time. I'm in love with you. Snap out of it. I'll have what she's having. Too many guys think they're a concept, or I complete them, or I'm gonna make them alive. But I'm just a fucked up girl who's looking for my own peace of mind. Don't assign me yours. Caustic wit is my religion. I would make a great queen because I am so stubborn. I say when it comes to stardom and Lauren, there are no accidents. Hi, Karen Peterson. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Citizen Dame, the podcast where we have a new president. Oh, my God, we have a new president. It's amazing. I can actually say the president and not be filled with existential dread. Uh, I am Lauren Humphreys Brooks, and with me, as always, is Karen Peterson. Hello, Karen. Hello. We also have Madam Vice President. We have Madam Vice President. So, so thrilled about that. I cried. I cried when she was well I was crying that whole morning because I was just like oh my gosh we made it guys we made it (laughs) we're gonna we're gonna get through this but when she showed up at the Capitol and was walking through and walking down the stairs um with the second gentleman it was just it was such a cool it it was just so powerful so it really was yeah it really was it was very like I, I don't think I've ever watched a presidential inauguration. I was thinking about that because I realized as I was watching it, you know, they all have these these forms, right, that they mm-hmm. go through. And I've definitely watched clips of ones, like clips of Obama's. And I was going to say, you didn't watch Obama's? I don't think that I did. Wow. Uh, I, and I, but this one was just like, no, I have to watch this. I have to see it happen because mm-hmm. I don't believe, I, it's, it's that sense of like, are we sure he's gone, right? I've seen enough <laughs> yeah. horror films to know that the killer always returns <laughs> one more time before the end. Uh, and and yeah, so it was that, it was definitely that sensation. But yeah, it was very, I got choked up definitely a few times. Yeah. And then I made the mistake of watching the rest of um, Return of the King <laughs> afterwards. And I was just like, they know that he might die and Frodo's gonna try to save them. And they're fighting, they're fighting for the against the waves of darkness <laughs> oh, no. yeah so that's oh, those about. movies are so good <laughs> they're so good but yeah I, I i've watched i think every presidential inauguration since probably reagan's second um yeah. in 1984 so yeah, it's something that it's like, I don't even, it doesn't matter to me if I voted for them or if I didn't. I'm always kind of just caught up in like, this is history. This is, you know, this is our country uh, continuing to peacefully transfer power from one hand to the next, mm-hmm. as we've done for over 200 years, almost 250. It's crazy. Can you believe <laughs> <laughs> that we're only five years away from our how would they even call it sesqua bicentennial or something like that like 250 years since the declaration of independence that's crazy but anyway uh but yeah it's something that i always i love i love hearing the inaugural addresses um i think the only one that has ever freaked me out and made me worry was four years ago um Mm -hmm. it's the only one i've ever heard that i really felt like wow there was nothing hopeful in that speech um but this this it's like you know it, it i think what really has been so um comforting to me i mean biden wasn't anywhere close to my first choice to become president when the primaries were going on i voted for elizabeth warren um because i really like her <laughs> but uh but it you know it's just i think since the election was called since it was declared that he was going to be the winner the the speeches that he has given and the promises he has made um they've just they've been so hopeful and so positive and so forward thinking we have a lot of stuff to undo from the last four years and a lot of things that we need to to figure out a way to all live together and that's gonna be hard but just hearing hearing our president hearing the leader of our country 
focus on what's to come and what we're going to do rather than all the horrible stuff that we've dealt with for the last four years it was really nice to hear that and it just it made me feel optimistic it made me feel hopeful and it made me feel like I could start to be proud to you know proud of my country again you know for Mm -hmm. I, I went to I went to India and Nepal the year that Trump became president and like in 2017 so he was already inaugurated and it just people everyone wanted to ask us like as soon as they found out we were American they wanted to know about Trump and what it was like living in America with him as the president and did we vote for him and what do we think of him and it was just like oh my gosh it was just like I don't think people who have like people from here who have not traveled really have no idea what the rest of the world thinks about or why they care so much about what we do here but what we do matters because it does affect the whole rest of the world and yeah yeah, i'm just oh i feel hopeful yeah yeah no me too yeah i've got a number of friends that live in europe and that live in britain um and and i mean the first time see the first time i went to europe i was 15 and it was right after 9-11 uh, I went to, I, I started college uh, in Scotland during the second Bush, like it was, it was the, it was 2004. So it was the, um, the second mm-hmm. Bush administration. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then, yeah, so there's been a lot of just bouncing back and forth. And the last time I was in Europe was, was Obama was president and there was a lot less, there's, it was interesting being in Scotland because there was a lot more animosity towards English people than there were towards <laughs> Americans, which I found very interesting. I just like, I think this is the only place where I am less hated <laughs> for my nationality than like another nationality, but yeah like even yeah a number of my friends were just like oh are you guys so happy are you like oh we're so happy for you thank god we're like yes thank you so much (laughs) we are doing a lot better all of a sudden we all feel much better um, you just sorry i i mean there there is this attitude of of uh um you know americans are are, so hubristic and everything and we are definitely but there is, but also I think a lot of people acknowledge the fact that American policy in the world does matter because our behavior kind of dictates other countries' behavior to a certain degree, just because we're so wealthy and we're so powerful at the moment. And, you know, mm-hmm. it's not probably not always going to be like that, but that's simply the way that it is right now. Yeah. I um, mean, there's riots happening in Russia right now and protests. I don't know. I haven't had time to like dig into what's going on and who's protesting and why, but uh, I saw some videos of people just being really roughed up by the cops and things. And I'm just like, what is happening? And I can't help feeling like it's got something to do with <laughs> what's been yeah. happening here. So, yeah. All right. Uh, I think that it's actually the the pro-democratic protesters um, that are going after the, uh, the like, Putin, Putinites, et cetera. That's, that's kind of the impression I was getting, yeah. That's my understanding. I don't know all of the political kind of setup of Russia necessarily, other than the fact that they essentially have a dictator, even though he's not technically a dictator. Um, but he definitely wants to bring back the USSR. So yeah, yeah. but uh, that that's that's my understanding uh, about what's going on in Russia. So yeah, it like the behavior of America and what America represents, whether you like it or not, and you know I don't think that there's any reason to like it per se um definitely means something on a global scale and uh yeah it's i do actually feel like oh i feel a little bit of pride in my country at the moment that's nice Mm -hmm. that's been a while since then but yeah definitely so so this this week we have a lot of different things to talk about um but we want to start actually with a listener question because this relates to a previous episode when we talked about uh wonder woman 1984 this is from at uh ali i am sorry if i'm if i fucked up that name i do apologize um and they say, I am curious, what direction would you like to see for uh, Wonder Woman 3? Is there any way to get Christina Hodson to work with Patty Jenkins on the script? Um, and so this is interesting because not that long ago, even, despite the fact that critics were bitchy about it, uh, Wonder Woman 84 obviously did well enough that they had brought back Patty Jenkins for the next film. Um, and I, 
I don't, I'm not, I don't know. I think there are a lot of different ways that Wonder Woman 3 could go. What do you, what are your thoughts on this, Karen? I'll start with you. Oh man. Uh, I like, I like kind of reveling a little bit in um, the nostalgia stuff. There are some, like, I'm a little bit uh, torn on if I want them to go a little further in time and make it a sequel to 1984 or if I want to, I want them to go back and kind of fill in some gaps between the movies, because one of my biggest questions watching 84 was, did World War II happen? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, I, I think a number of people asked that question, actually. It's like, so what was Diana up to during the whole fascism thing <laughs> right Be, well and it that question actually matters because of some of the political elements that are in place in 84 and so it's like if world war ii didn't happen then that that actually really impacts some of the things that happen like with the oil rights and things that are part of the plot of 84 if it did happen why did it happen? Because why didn't she stop Hitler when she saw him on the rise? She went after Aries as soon as she could. You know, it's like there's so many. <laughs> and if it wasn't Hitler, was it someone else that started that war? What were the implications? What was the fallout? And then did what happened there lead to a Cold War, which is really not referenced in 84? Was Vietnam a thing? Like... <laughs> There's so many questions. So I'd kind of love to see them go back and do sort of a sequel prequel where it's sort of the in-between time and they can fill in some of that and and explain things a little bit or come up with a cool story of what might have happened in between to connect the two. But I'm also totally fine if they don't do that and they just let 84 stand and just make it a sequel. I would really love to see Cheetah come back um because i think she was a great character clearly we're not done with her at the end of of the last movie so uh, i would love to see more i would really like to see kind of how she deals with this this uh defeat that she has suffered and and what she does about it and um but there's also some other great uh potential villains too so yeah i don't know what do you think yeah. Yeah, I'm kind of in the same place as you. Like, I do have that question, like, okay, what about World War II? Because first of all, here's a perfect opportunity to get to watch Wonder Woman beat the shit out of some Nazis, which I would <laughs> very much, like, appreciate. Oh, yeah. Um, I, I, I always really liked the fact, I know a number of people asked, like, well, why didn't they do World War II for the first film? And it was like, well, because... World War One works better in a lot of ways because it's it's a stupid war, right? It's and it's a war with no real winners and no real good guys. It's all just pretty much a bad thing that's happening, and a lot of people are dying for no real good reason. World War Two, you've got a slightly different thing because you're actually fighting the rise of fascism and concentration camps and all of that. Um, so it's a lot, you can't really do both sides on that one. Although I'm certain there's some people who would like to try, mm -hmm. uh, but so it would be interesting to actually go back. Like you say, you know, did world war II happen? If it did, how did it happen? Um, given her involvement in these events, uh, if it didn't, you know, what does that mean for everything else? I think there are a lot of really interesting places that you could go, uh, and then, yeah, on the other side, I, I want to see Cheetah come back just because I know that she's supposed to be one of like Wonder, Wonder Woman's big nemeses. Mm -hmm. um, and also because I just loved Kristen Wiig in that part so much. And I think that there's a lot that can still be done with her. I don't think that they're done with her at, at any level. She's going to come back. Um, but I, yeah, so I would also like to see that. So yeah, I don't know. In terms of Christina Hodson, I would love to see Christina Hodson team up with Patty Jenkins. I think that would be awesome. I, I'm not holding my breath for it necessarily, but they are all in the same company right now. So yeah, I'd be down for that. It would make me so happy. I really do want to see that happen. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think you could go some really interesting ways. And then maybe we could get like a dual Wonder Woman, Harley Quinn, like matchup thing and then eventually they all like get along and just i don't know beat the shit out of superman or something Who knows? that would be amazing <laughs> <laughs> batman i never liked batman batman i 
I like Batman. <laughs> um, and I like Superman, but I don't like Zack Snyder's version of either of those characters. Yeah, no, they're not good. <laughs> <laughs> or then we could get like like Harley Quinn and Aquaman and Wonder Woman, and they all can like get together and I don't know, like do something cool, like fight against some other big villain. Mm-hmm, that would be awesome. Like yes, let's make that happen. <laughs> like some sort of colonialist, misogynist bastard. Let's just get all the birds of prey in there, not just Harley. Like, let's get everybody. Yeah. This is really what we want to see. It really, it's all we want to see. It's really not too much to ask, is it? No, not at all. I, you know what? There have been so many mashups and so many like combinations of different characters. I would not be surprised to actually see that. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it's true. Um, but so, so thank you so much, Ali, for, uh, for your question. And I don't know, we'll, we'll wait and see what happens with um, Wonder Woman 3. Being one of the people who actually liked Wonder Woman 1984, I am looking forward to the next one, so. Yes. Uh, and also I'd like to petition white men to please, please, please stop talking about Chris Pine in that movie. Um, I know that you have like feelings and emotions and stuff like that, but it, it's just getting exhausting and you're just repeating the same things over and over again. It's like yep. a sandwich. Yep. Anyways, talk about it until it's meaningless and yeah. <laughs> like they should just stop. Just well, stop. I, I said the other day, I was like, you know what? Men seem to have more of a problem with Chris Pine, with the Chris Pine subplot in Wonder Woman than they do with all of the rapes in Game of Thrones. And I'm not saying that the Chris Pine thing is not problematic. We have talked about that. But you seem to be really bothered when it's a man involved in, in questionable consent. But when women get raped on screen, you're like, oh, well, that's historically accurate. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, historical accuracy for a made up world. Thanks, guys. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Dragons and ice zombies. <laughs> You do not get to claim historical accuracy with dragons and ice <laughs> zombies. Just like, well, there are dragons in this one. Just like, yes, no historical accuracy. Just like, but in the medieval period, there were no fucking dragons in the medieval period. Okay, there was no such thing as Westeros in the medieval period. Go away. What? But there's a wall. There is a so wall. So it's all true, therefore. <laughs> Oh my god. Anyway, so let's move on uh, to talk about the main topic of this episode, which is not so much most anticipated because 2020 taught us that we should not anticipate anything. We should just like think maybe about what we're going to be doing in the next hour and that's about it. Uh, but yeah. some movies that we are hoping to see in 2021 uh so karen i'm gonna let you start because i need to look at my list again uh okay. it's like what are one or what are a couple of films that you're just really looking forward to that are supposed to come out in 2021 yeah so um i have i have a few um i don't think anybody will be surprised when i say that i'm really really hoping that we get to see top gun maverick this year <laughs> I uh shocked I am shocked yeah yeah I know you know it's funny because I have a couple of friends that uh we all live alone so we've kind of been in a, a pandemic pod together and we were hanging out last weekend we were uh having dinner or whatever and something came up about Top Gun about Maverick and I said something about because uh, I had pitched a, an article to a publication I was going to write about the cinematography because just from the trailer I could tell the cinematography in this movie is going to be amazing and so I just mentioned that like oh yeah I was supposed to write about that this last summer and I hope I'll still get to and they were like how can you tell the cinematography is good and I'm like okay hold on so we're at my friend's house and she has this giant like 75 inch tv and um so we pull up YouTube and ran the trailer and they both just sat there staring at it like stunned. Wow, that looks really amazing. And I was just like, right, you know, and so I'm talking about the, the photography of it and the, these beautiful images. And they're like, that movie looks so good. Like, I can't wait to see it. And it was, it was really funny, but I was just like, yeah, thanks. So 
anyway, so yeah, that's one that I have been looking forward to for years. Uh, when Tony Scott was alive and he would talk about it once in a while and, and stuff, I thought, I don't, nobody needs this movie. We probably really don't want it, but I would still like to see it just because I, I loved the first one. But when they dropped that trailer at Comic-Con a year and a half ago, it was just like, I was, it was the first time I was actually really excited for it and actually thought, wow, this might be a good movie. And so I've been looking forward to it for that long and hopefully this summer we'll get to see it. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, I'm yeah, I'm shocked that this was something that we wanted to talk about. I knew, so, you know, I was Still just like, oh thing. yeah, that movie's coming out this year. I completely <laughs> forgot about that. <laughs> it's supposed to come out this year. Yeah. Um, okay, well, I, I have one that I've been looking forward to for a while and I was kind of sad. I It was one of those films that might have been released, just released to streaming. I understand why they didn't do it, but at the same time, I was like, oh, I kind of wish you did because I want to see it um Candyman, Nia DaCosta's Candyman yeah yep. uh, which I am so looking forward to it looks like such an interesting like sort of sequel to the original film um kind of doing something different with the whole with the Candyman story but um also doubling down on all of that horror and I'm, I'm just really looking forward to it it looks so cool mm-hmm. it really does uh, that's on my list too yeah, and and I I was I was a bit sad that it didn't get um, released to streaming because I was like, well, you know, it's it's a horror film, so it's not you know a big budget big tent movie. Uh, though at the same time, I would really like to see it in a movie theater. That would be awesome. Uh, whether or not I'm ever going to get to do that <laughs> is a question. But uh, yeah, so so I am looking forward to that one. Uh, the second film that I wanted to mention, which I, we probably will see on streaming because it's a Warner Brothers film is the next conjuring movie oh my gosh you got another one on my list (laughs) (laughs) i have a feeling that there's going to be a lot of overlap yeah the conjuring uh the devil made me do it i i i fucking love the conjuring films i enjoy and honestly all of the conjuring universe movies i have enjoyed to greater and lesser degrees Mm uh and but this one is like actually a conjuring film which means that uh you know we get patrick wilson and vera farmiga and i'm really looking forward to that so i think that that's going to be a lot of fun there's such i like the fact that they are on the one hand quite scary but also very like not predictable but sort of like you know that things are pretty much going to work out in the end right because they both lived to a ripe old age so obviously nothing bad happened well not nothing bad but you know like they got through all these experiences just fine when the second one came out i got to go to the premiere for it i don't even remember how that worked out but i got to go to the premiere it was part of the la film festival when that was a thing and um Lorraine Warren was there and I mean she was in her 80s she was in a wheelchair um but and I don't think she really talked to very many people but uh I remember thinking while the movie was going on is she watching this and thinking like wow real life was way more intense or is she like yeah that's pretty much what happened Or is she like, this was all made up and I had totally duped everyone? You know, like, what is she thinking while she's watching these movies? And- mm, yeah, well, I mean, I have my own <laughs> opinions on the uh, on the reality of the Warrens <laughs> versus <laughs> what the films represent. But the films are a lot of fun. They really are. Yeah. One of the uh, things I think that really makes them so good is the relationship between Ed and Lorraine. And, and I think Patrick and Vera are so good with with that. Uh, and, that marriage mm-hmm. and patrick wilson in the conjuring films like convinced me that patrick wilson was actually a good actor <laughs> and well because he's he spent his career playing the kind of blandly good-looking white guy right mm-hmm. you know he's just and that's just the way that he looks he's good looking but he's not like overwhelmingly good looking he's he's not that interesting <laughs> per se um and and then like actually it's like oh he's and this he's actually really sweet and likable and he's earnest and you know really loves his wife and all of that and he could sing so mm-hmm. that too. 
<laughs> yep yep it's true the one of the very first things i saw him in was angels in america so it's like from the from pretty much the beginning of my being a fan of his i knew he was a really talented actor but yeah then it's like he got cast in the phantom of the opera which was actually the first thing it was like i saw that i thought he was really cute so then i was like well what else has he done and that's when i watched angels in america but um but yeah he just went through this this thing for years <laughs> where he was not he was doing some really big movies with really big names but his characters were never that interesting and it was really too bad because it was like i know he's capable of more than this um but he just wasn't i don't know if he wasn't getting those roles or wasn't going after them i'm not sure but i love his ed warren yeah yeah he's wonderful so what are some others that you're looking forward to um so i'm also really looking forward to last night in soho which is ah, edgar wright's list. next movie yeah. yep <laughs> um i don't actually really know much about it i know it's something about the 60s in london and that's good enough for me and it's edgar wright so it's like yeah i i i want to see this the cast looks great it's thomas and mckenzie anya taylor joy um i think matt uh matt smith isn't it my doctor um so and and diana rigg. and diana rigg yeah it's gonna be her i think i think that this will be her last film i think so yeah passed away mm -hmm. um and and in fact edgar wright uh i don't know if you read this when uh, after she died edgar wright wrote a really really wonderful kind of tribute that was basically talking about the last time he talked to her um and and this was a she she had been sick since march Mm -hmm. it was when she was diagnosed with cancer so it she knew that that she was going to die and and it's it was just a really really sweet uh sweet tribute to her and how wonderful she was and everything so yeah i'm looking forward to that yeah definitely that one looks, that one looks like a lot of fun well it sounds good i mean it's got a great cast it's edgar Wright. how could you go wrong <laughs> uh so you have another one um so uh yeah I, i'm just trying to like decide which way should i go and which way am i not taking all the ones on your list so um <laughs> <laughs> i will say another one of mine just because it looks really goofy really silly kind of dumb and i will probably love it free guy are you kidding me i want to see like, that movie so really? much <laughs> oh my god <laughs> it's taika come on <laughs> sure um yeah no i i it looks silly but yes. I, just, I don't know i think it's gonna be one of those like dumb movies it's just really funny and really fun so i like when ryan reynolds does comedy so he he is good he is a good comic actor but mm -hmm. still it just looks so stupid it does but i mean it was it's sean levy who directed it and he's done i mean a lot of the stuff that he's done i've i've enjoyed he did the night at the museum movies he did date night um i mean not they're not all gems but you know they're at least fun mm -hmm. entertaining uh all right well another one of mine and it this might be on your list i don't know uh judas and the black messiah i didn't put that on my list just because i'm about to see it <laughs> because yeah i i kind of figured that you were but so that that's going to be premiering at sundance and i think it's it's got like a february 2021 release date yeah it's in the oscar eligibility period so mm -hmm. so and this this is starring some of this is just the cast it's a fascinating story but it, some of this is just the cast it's got um daniel kalua lakeith stanfield jesse plemons martin sheen um and and it's about uh it's it's about the the murder basically of um uh fred hampton who is the chairman of the black panther party in the 1960s and it just looks it it looks like such a tour de force film and also very topical in its own way and so yeah i'm looking forward to that and so far a lot of the buzz around it has been very positive so i'm i'm looking forward to seeing that one yeah Another film that I'm very much looking forward to is Guillermo del Toro's Nightmare Alley, mm. uh, which is, I believe, it's not a, I don't think it's technically a remake because it's based on a book, 
Um, but there was a, an earlier film, I think directed by Fritz Lang in the 1940s, uh, the star Tyrone Power. But this one just looks like, I, this is exactly the kind of thing that Del Toro needs to be doing. It's about a, um, a carnival barker who gets involved with a mysterious woman and shit goes down basically. <laughs> so I'm looking forward to that. Also just because Del Toro uh, has yet to, to really disappoint me. The, the film of his that I've liked the least was actually Pacific Rim. Um, <laughs> And, and even then I enjoyed it. I just wasn't as, as interested in what he was up to as I, as I have been with his other films. So I'm really looking forward to that one. Yeah. Um, let's see. Another one of mine is David Lowry's The Green Knight. Yes. Uh, yeah, yes. I'm so excited yes, for that. That's on my list, yeah. <laughs> it, well, it's it's interesting. I'm really curious how they're doing it because it does start, it starts Dev Patel um, and Alicia Vikander and uh, I'm trying to think who else. Um, Joel Edgerton is in it, um, a few other people. But it's a retelling of Sir Gawain and the Green Knight and I'm really curious what they mean by a retelling like is it just another version are they doing something very different with it like I'm so excited to find out and David Lowry I haven't seen all of his films but I have liked every one of them that I've seen so I think he's a really interesting director and I'm just so excited to see what he does with with this story yeah that one was on my list as well um because I, again, that was one that it got advertised and then COVID happened and it got moved around. And I was still, again, hoping, I was like, well, it's a smaller film, so maybe they'll release it as streaming. And then they didn't. And I'm mm -hmm. like, okay, fair enough. I, I completely understand why the studios are choosing not to release films um, via streaming and are like waiting for theaters to be able to open safely and for people to actually go back and everything. At the same time, I'm like, but I want to see them. You know? <laughs> well, it was funny because it was last summer or like maybe like toward the fall. I'm trying to remember exactly when it was now. I don't know. But anyway, I was just like, I was promised two Dev Patel movies this year and I've seen zero <laughs> Dev Patel movies. And I finally did get to see the personal history of David Copperfield, which I really enjoyed. It's a cute movie. It's, it's not like way high on my list of favorites, but it was really cute. And, but this was the other one. And so I yeah. really would like to see it, but yeah, I'm with you. I, I agree. I think there's enough indie stuff hitting streaming um, I think one of the problems the studios have is because of how far reaching the shutdowns are with not just theaters and stuff, but productions, there are very few things that are actually able to be up to full scale production. So part of the reason for pushing this back is they're not going to have anything to release when theaters reopen. So why waste, yeah. why waste, I mean, that's probably not the right word, but why put their movies out in theaters in theatrical release when they're not going to get a big return on investment when they could wait until the theaters reopen and people are going to be so happy to get to go to the theater again that these movies are going to make money mm -hmm. so it's it totally makes sense to me yeah yeah it does it does i'm still just disappointed that i haven't gotten to see some of them though yeah yeah definitely <laughs> All right. Well, another one that I think I'm going to guess might be on your list as well. Um, Antlers. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Which is going to be released in October. It's going to be released, I think, like the day or a couple of days before Halloween, mm -hmm. um, which, ooh, goody. And this, again, is a... this. When I first saw the trailer for it, just like, is this Camel del Toro? Because it should be if it's not. <laughs> it's not. It's but, Scott Cooper, yeah. Yeah, but but it looks like a Guillermo del Toro film, and um, it's about a a boy who may be concealing a violent supernatural creature in his house, who may also be his parents. We're not certain, um, <laughs> but it it looks like so creepy and so good like mm -hmm. i i it's been i think on on the top of a number of different lists yeah um in terms of like most anticipated and I, I i am looking forward to that again i want these films to come out earlier in the year but i also know that we're not going to be able to go to the theaters earlier in the year so mm -hmm. yep i know uh another one of mine is in the heights yeah 
Oh, <laughs> I I have not seen the stage production. I will say I don't live near Broadway. Uh, it's really cost prohibitive for me to go to Broadway shows in LA on a regular basis. I get to go to a couple like every couple of years because it's you know I went to see Dear Evan Hansen. It was three hundred dollars. So it was just like yeah I yeah so i don't get to see broadway shows very often um Um, i have to say i live in new york i do not get to see broadway (laughs) shows very often that makes me feel better um so i have not seen in the heights but uh i've heard some of the music from it and i love it i love this cast i love john shu as the director so um it's yeah it just it looks like the big movie musical spectacle spectacular that we really need and it's going to be so fun i really do hope that they uh like i know this is one that's going to be released day and date so it'll be on streaming and in the theaters but i really hope that this is one that they do hold until the theaters reopen because i do want to watch this like in a big movie theater experience with a full crowd i think that'd be just so much fun so yeah it seems like it's one of those big cast exuberant musicals um and and you, i i definitely would like to see it on a big screen that would be nice yeah um yes i i agree with that one uh so uh, so i've got one more and i think that this is still to be determined although it's supposed to i think it's still supposed to come out in 2021 the bob's burgers movie (laughs) i i don't know if you love bob's burgers the way i love bob's burgers i think that bob's burgers is like the funniest show on television right now and i adore it and everything that happens in it and i actually Unlike The Simpsons, which I don't think ever really lent itself to a feature length film, I actually think Bob's Burgers can work really well um, as a feature length. And and you really only need to look at some of their kind of double or triple episodes um, where you actually have a full arc going on, like the um, the the World War Two World War Three episodes. Uh, and there's actually like, you know, multi-pronged narratives and suspense and danger <laughs> and a lot of humor. And yeah, I'm looking forward to that. And I know that there's going to be like ridiculous musical numbers and stuff like that. <laughs> <So>. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I have seen a couple of episodes and I really enjoyed it, but it's one that it's like, I don't ever just think, oh, I should go catch up on Bob's Burgers. I, I never think of it. I don't know why, because what I've seen, I I know. And what I've seen, I've really enjoyed. It's just never on the front of my brain when I'm trying to think of what to watch. So I should put it on a couple of watch lists so that it does pop up. Yes, you definitely should. Mm -hmm. It's, I mean, there's like 10, 10 seasons now we're in the 11th season. Um, And it's all on Hulu. And amazingly enough, uh, it, it still has remained fresh. And like the first couple of seasons are a little wobbly. Um, as they tend to be, but it's one of those shows I think that actually took some critique of of some of its like more problematic aspects and did something about it. That's cool. Um, and didn't like retroactively change anything, but actually was like, oh yeah, this you know maybe this is an issue that we need to change moving forward. Um, there's a lot of critique of the way that they uh, represented transgender people, and um, and they didn't change the the episode or anything like that. But they actually there's a recurring transgender character who just shows up every once in a while, and she's great. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, so yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. Also, although there are a lot of of poop jokes, I must say, <laughs> which you know. Some people enjoy, some people don't. I find them quite funny because they usually just keep on going with them as like, this is inappropriate, but also hilarious. When they're well-written and well-placed, it's like, yeah, yeah I have a very big appreciation for that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so any others that, that you're really looking forward to that are supposed to come out this year? All right, I'm really hesitant to bring this one up and you'll know why in a second. Right. Um, <laughs> but... From the very first time I saw the trailer, I've been really looking forward to Death on the Nile. Yes! <laughs> but now with Army Hammer, I'm like, mm. 
Oh, come on. We can, we can separate art and artist on this one. Come on. Do they need to start putting a disclaimer in the credits for all of his movies? No, no people were eaten on the set of this film. I, I told you that my parents no asked blood me about drink. that. Yeah, you did. Which I was like, so Army Hammer's a cannibal? And I was like, no. Probably um, not. Probably not. Like... <laughs> but yeah. you know who knows anyway no um i'm joking of course i'm actually very very proud of being excited about this movie i actually really liked murder on the orient express the kenneth Branagh version it had some issues um and i don't think that it really i don't think the ending fully worked as well as the original film or the book but um but i really liked it and i love the the production design and the costumes and all that and so i'm really looking forward to this one which i also think is even a better story um i've read this book too the pretty much the only two agatha christie books i've read but um i think that this one really gets into some some more like heavy emotional stuff and really deals with with some things in an interesting way so i'm hoping that kenneth branagh will do that but um yeah it's got such a pretty cast and it again looks like it's just going to be gorgeously designed and photographed and yeah i'm i'm excited for it yeah me too this is on my list this was on my list last year actually because it was yeah. supposed to come out and then it didn't uh yeah i am looking forward to this partially just because i love agatha christie and um and i like the fact that Branagh seems to be bringing back this you know star-studded uh agatha christie adaptations and i enjoy mm -hmm. the crap out of that like i love the peter ustinoff films um I, I love david suchet as poirot obviously but the ustinoff films are fun because you're like oh my god that's maggie smith and oh my god that's ingrid bergman and oh it's lauren bacall and that's that's fun yeah. Uh, and, and I'm glad that Branagh <laughs> is doing that. He's just like, oh, it's Gal Gadot and Army Hammer. Uh huh, exactly. Um, and it's just like such French a great and Saunders. Yeah. Like, French and Saunders are there. <laughs> yep. Exactly. And like Rose Leslie and Sophia Canedo. And yeah. Yeah. So pretty yeah, people. Ali Fazal. Yeah. Um, so I think the final one for me is the next Fast and Furious film. Uh, I fucking love Fast and Furious. I think you, that you just have no sense of fun if you don't love Fast and Furious. And this was one that when I, when they canceled it early last year, I was like, oh no, this shit is serious. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I've been looking forward to it all year. So they're finally going to release it. Um, it's big, dumb ridiculous explosion fast car movies and it's so much fun i can't wait <laughs> that's good <laughs> no well, here's, fine, here's karen fine <laughs> i see i know that you don't like fun or joy or rainbows or puppies i love all of those things and here's here's all i'm gonna say about fast and furious I do not like them, but I completely understand and support the fact that other people do. And I'm not, I'm not one that's like, ah, stop making the Fast and Furious movies. They're terrible. Like people love the crap out of them. Go love it. That's fine. Good for you. I'm happy for you. And I'm happy that there's going to be an F9. About family, Karen. About family. <laughs> yes, I, I, I am aware. I've heard that <laughs> 5,000 times. Uh, so I'm just happy that Tom Cruise is gonna beat them to space. That's all I'm happy about. <laughs> uh, this is where it's where it's this is where you begin to go like, have we jumped the shark completely? Um, as soon as you begin sending your cast to space, yeah. uh, well, Charlie Chaplin said movies are a fad. It was just you know a much longer fad than we expected. <laughs> Interestingly enough, some of the earliest films involve going to space. Uh, <laughs> yep. Do you have any others that you're really looking forward to? I'm really looking forward to Respect, the Aretha Franklin oh, movie yeah. with Jennifer Houston. Uh, Hudson, sorry, Jennifer Hudson. Um, that looks 
I, I haven't seen tons of clips from it but it looks like it could be really good she sounds amazing so yeah. uh yeah I'm, I'm excited about that one and also coming to america oh yeah i'd forgotten that that was coming mm-hmm. out this year mm-hmm. i uh directors aside i love the original movie and i've been wanting a sequel to this for you know 30 years so Mm -hmm. i think that'll be fun yeah all right so unless there's like another one that you wanted to mention uh we can move on to talk about i think in some ways the more sort of varied thing that that what are our film resolutions or cinematic resolutions that like types of films directors stars etc that we really just feel like we need to see in 2021 um so i can start uh i have been actually i've already started doing this um if you know who the director todd browning is he directed the original dracula he did freaks uh and his career pretty much ended um with the advent of the code but he actually made a lot of silent films some of which have nothing to do with the supernatural and so i've I've gotten a chance to watch a number of those films um and and he's just a really fascinating director i think uh one of the films that i recently got to see was drifting which has just been released by kino lorber and it's about it's very orientalist (laughs) i mean that's like you have to put a caveat there there's a lot of yellow face Um, And there are a lot of white men playing Chinese people, but it's actually far more interesting and nuanced than I expected it to be. And the final act is just basically like this massive, almost DeMille-like set piece um, where like a a village is being burned to the ground and the the heroine has to save a little boy and his duck. And it's, it's great. And a lot of Browning's films actually feature women in very prominent roles. like to the point that they are the actual heroes of the film, not the, you know, the male heroes. So I wanna watch more of his films, more particularly of his silent films, um, the ones that are available and, uh, and see like where his style really developed from because we know him so much as this horror director, right? You know, and you know Dracula, you know Freaks and you know some of his Lon Chaney films, um, but he actually had a much more varied, uh, varied filmography that I think he gets credit for yeah cool so so what are some of yours do you have any resolutions for this year I have a few um but one of them is that this is the year I'm going to finish seeing all the best picture winners from the Oscars I feel like it's kind of weird that I'm an awards editor and I've still got about 25 (laughs) best picture winners that i haven't seen so this is the year that it's gonna happen so uh broadway melody of 1929 coming for you Uh, cimarron uh, (laughs) i guess we'll get through it um (laughs) you know some like a lot of these i've kind of put off because they don't look like movies i'm gonna want to watch like the greatest show on earth but um but yeah and like tom jones i started to watch one time and i was like what the hell is this and how (laughs) did this win best picture and then i fell asleep and i didn't finish it so i have to start over and try it again (laughs) so yeah so i've got i think 25 that i have not seen and this is the Mm -hmm. year that i will get through them that sounds like a good resolution. I do not envy you some of those films. <laughs> I actually like Tom Jones. It's a very different film, but yeah, some of them are just like, really? This is just so fucking boring. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, well, one of my other uh, kind of resolutions, I guess, is uh, to watch more Japanese noir, which I've talked about loving. Um, and then I realized Criterion just recently uh, released a, uh, a on the Criterion channel, like a whole bunch of other films that they were suggesting as part of Japanese noir. And there's so many that I haven't seen. And I was like, I thought I had seen most of the big ones, but apparently I haven't. Uh, I, I really like the way that the Japanese do film noir. And I, I as I think as, we, as I talked about on our, um, on our film noir episode, it's, it's so obviously drawing from noir traditions and from the French tradition and from the American tradition, but also doing something very unique and very Japanese and, uh, and, and 
different, I guess. Like they, some of these films don't look like any other films I've seen. So I really want to delve more into that sort of subgenre of Japanese cinema. Awesome. Yeah. Um, I was kind of thinking along those lines too. Like there's a lot of stuff I want to see, a lot of international films um, that I want to see just because most of what I watch is American. And so like this year, I've really made an effort to see all of the, as many as I can of the submissions, the Oscar submissions for, for the international feature. But I want to go beyond that. You know, I really want to, um, I really want to experience like the, the film, the film scene, like what, what, what kinds of movies is Mexico producing? What is the history of Mexican cinema? You know, I want to go deeper into that. I really, but also like on the genre note, like what you're talking about. One thing that I, every time I see a film like I'm, I'm, I'm finding I'm really drawn to when it comes to horror, I'm really drawn to Scandinavian horror, and every Scandinavian horror film that I've seen, I've really enjoyed. So I really want to explore more of that and and see a lot more films from that genre from that part of the world because there's just I don't know if it's my Scandinavian roots that draw me to it, but um, I really am fascinated maybe because of how much i hate the cold but i'm just fascinated by like these really remote um very isolated very cold uh settings and and i think that that just makes such a such a i don't know such a great setting for horror movies they're not all like that like you know some of them are out in the woods or whatever but um i just i love that isolation feeling that you get from a lot of these Scandinavian horror films. So I want to explore more of that. Cool. Yeah. I never really thought about that there. And there's some good ones too, it seems. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Lake Bodum is the recent discovery I made back during uh, our Halloween horror time. Um, uh-huh. That one's really fun. And I think that was where I realized like, man, this is, this is an area of the world and a subgenre that I need to explore more. Cause I've seen like, let the right one in and, um, and a few others, but yeah, I need to see more of those. Yeah, What's another one good. for you? Um, more giallo. <laughs> Definitely more giallo. We more all need giallo. more giallo. <laughs> more giallo films uh yeah i actually when we were when back in in uh in october when we were doing our various uh halloween episodes i began thinking about like oh there were like i've seen a lot of um argento obviously i've seen a lot of baba uh i've seen a good bit of fulci and then i've seen sort of bits and pieces right of other directors but there are definitely some big blind spots for me in giallo and um and I want to kind of try to watch a bit more and also to continue to unpack as to why I actually really like this genre um, because it's a weird genre and it's it's a weird genre I think that, that seems to attract a lot of women actually. A number of um, the people that I follow on Twitter uh, who are into giallo films are women and it's interesting because it's such an exploitative genre for women. <laughs> um, but there's, I don't know, I think there's a campiness and an extremity to it that really uh, attracts women to a certain degree. So I would like to watch some more giallo. Uh, I know that that Shutter right now has a whole bunch that I have not seen, and I'm going to try to get into some some more of those. Mm-hmm. I'm so afraid that they're going to like disappear before I have time to watch them. <laughs> so. Yeah, the other place to check always is Amazon, and um, Prime has some weird ass films, and sometimes they're not great quality prints which is unfortunate but they do have a lot of like b b movies b classic films and giallo films and things like that and so that's that's always a good place to go if you're looking for sort of slightly more obscure or campier films cool um so anything else any other final resolutions yeah like i said i have a lot um I, one thing that I've been thinking is like, I really want to focus, like pick a director and focus on that director's filmography. Um, And I think this is something I might just try to do 
every year, just like choose one director that I'm going to try to really dive into their work. I kind of thought about this last year when I managed to get my hands on the Agnes Varda collection. Um, and so uh, it's funny because it's like some of the directors that I love, they haven't done that many movies. So it's pretty easy. Like I've seen all of Taika's films because he's done six. You know, I've seen most of Bong Joon-ho's films because he hasn't, you know, he he doesn't have like 30 movies or 40 movies to his name yet. Uh, he will, but he doesn't. Um, so that's, that's kind of where I'm thinking. And so this year, I really want to dive into Claire Denis. And because I've seen... You know, I've seen uh, High Life. I've seen parts of Beau Travail. I have never seen the whole movie. And I've seen um, Chocolat, but that was years ago. And um, probably not long after it first came out, what, in the 90s? So, um, so it's like, I just really want to dive into her filmography and just make her, like, my director of this year, the yeah just experience all of the work i can find from her that sounds like a really good idea yeah denise is actually i, I may have mentioned this denise is actually a major blind spot for me as well um i i just last year i saw about because i realized i was like i have never seen this movie <laughs> Um, but she she's an interesting filmmaker, definitely. Butcherby yeah. is a fantastic film. Well, and she's so influential on so many American male filmmakers. She's one that they always cite as someone that they're influenced by. And I'm just like, huh, that's really interesting. I'm curious why. So is it just because they feel like they need to throw in a woman's name? Or is there something specific to her and to her filmmaking that uh really draws them so that's one of the reasons that i picked her specifically um but also i just really want to see her films i thought high life was super weird and i loved it so kind <laughs> <laughs> of like when i got into david lynch what the yeah. fuck is going on i like it <laughs> yeah it's like wait is she raping that guy I, that's not okay but also i'm very intrigued as to the story here that's going on mm. like yeah oh my well we did have uh we did hear from one person about what their film resolutions are and of course please listeners come onto our twitter page and tell us what your resolutions are um so from at jkc hart uh says i definitely want to watch more classics because i am way behind and you know this is one i think that we all sort of have a resolution for because first of all classics are apparently beginning to to be like anything made before 1990 uh but also <laughs> also i think that we we forget how many films have been made over the course of the last hundred and some years um and so what is considered to be classics and what is available and you know what we should be seeing etc there's so many different types of films there's so many um good films bad films films that are important but not necessarily great you know you're talking about uh, uh watching a bunch of award winners and some of those films are not good films to right. be honest <laughs> yeah. um even though they won oscars even though they were like you know so heavily praised uh, and those are like the award winners. We're not even talking about the smaller films, like I say, the B and the C and the D films. Right, yeah. Um, but I, I think that it's also really good to, as we have constantly said on this podcast, go into some of the lesser known ones, you know, um, check out what's on the Criterion channel, um, what's available on places like Amazon or Hulu. You can find some really interesting stuff. And very often it's films that are made by women, films that are made by people of color, films that are made outside of Hollywood. Uh, and that's not at all to say that, that Hollywood films are not important in their own way, but you know, it's always good to like kind of expand outward a little bit more and be like well i've seen casablanca and the godfather so that's it it's like well no it's not it there's a lot to to see and experience and and is is really really worth it yeah definitely and i mean even going further back going into the silent era you yeah. know a lot of people have seen chaplin and and buster keaton they're like oh yeah i've seen them but it's like okay if you've only seen the general or you've only seen the great dictator or the kid 
you haven't really seen them. You've seen like their big things. And those are, those are great movies that you should watch, but there's so much more to see and to experience and to really understand like who they were as filmmakers and how they influenced film in ways that we still see today. Yeah. Yeah, silent film continues to be uh, one that I have difficulty like catching up on it, I feel like. Um, and I think, and some of it is because there are films that are, that now only exist in fragments. Um, but then it also just finding good prints of the films can be somewhat difficult. And a lot of them aren't available on the major streaming services, right? But they are available on YouTube. They're available on archive.org. They're available in various film archives from around the world. And so it takes a little bit more digging to figure out uh, what you want to see and what you're interested in. So like I say, you know, wanting to watch more Todd Browning films, that's a good place to start for me because I'm like, okay, I can go and I can seek out some of these films. Um, and, you know, just recently I, I watching some of his films that he made with Priscilla Dean, who I had never heard of, but who was apparently one of the biggest silent film stars. And, and just basically her career ended essentially with uh, the, the sort of rise of sound. But, and a lot of her films were missing, which is like she made a film with Lois Weber about the life of Margaret Sanger. Um, this film is no longer available, it's lost. It's considered to be a lost film. And I'm sitting there going like, why was I unaware of this person <laughs> until this moment, you know? Um, same thing with someone like Lois Weber, who was, uh, you know, as we've said, one of the highest paid directors at Universal. And yet, you know, we don't talk about her that much. We're talking about her a lot more now, but it, it's, it's always good to kind of dig more into some of these historical films and to recognize that what we, you know, say are classics stretch way beyond, you know, the more basic classics, I guess. Yeah, yeah. But also I will add to that because I completely agree with everything you just said. But also I think if you haven't seen, and I know this is funny coming for me since it's just been the last couple of years, but if you haven't seen movies like The Godfather, if you haven't seen Casablanca, which is the greatest film ever made, um <laughs> objectively, because I said it's true. Um <laughs> definitely watch those too, because those are like classic movies for a reason. And even if you don't like them, it's fine. It's okay not to like them except for Casablanca. But watch them just so that you know what other people are talking about and you understand. We've talked about this so much, but so you understand the the films that inspired the filmmakers you love that are working today, you know. So yeah. watch all of it. Watch just watch every movie ever made that you could get your hands on. That's really what it comes down to. <laughs> watch all the films. <laughs> uh, once again, the constant <laughs> mantra of this podcast: watch more films, watch yeah. more movies, and in this case, watch all the films. So, exactly. You know, go but, forth and do that. Uh, <laughs> right, but like. I'm just saying, you know, watch The Godfather if you haven't seen it, but also go and watch other Francis Ford Coppola movies that you maybe, you know, haven't even heard of. Look for those, seek them out, and then read up on him and see who some of the filmmakers were that inspired him and go back and, and watch some of their films and see what their inspirations were. And then, you know, just work your way back through time. It's really cool to do that. It is. It is. Well, on that note, I think that we can probably close this one out. Uh, so those are some of our resolutions, films we want to watch, and please let us know what yours are, because we always enjoy that, and that also means that there might be other films that we want to see that we haven't even thought of. Oh yeah, um, definitely. As, as always, we want to thank our, our patrons, especially, who continue to uh, help us keep the lights on. So thank you so much to um, Ali, Matt, Heather, Adriana, Michael, James, Katie, Cariata, Mason, Matthew, Michelle, Monty, Nanina, Nicole, Robert, Sharon, Steve, Tao, and Will. Thank you so much, guys. And uh, if you want to become our patron, we have a Patreon. That's patreon.com slash citizen dame. And you can get fun stuff and early episodes and bonus episodes, which we are going to be working on again. Um, and then also just to help us to continue to pay our hosting fees and to keep the lights on. If you want to get something from our Zazzle store, we have masks. Everybody should be wearing your fucking masks. 
Um, that's zezzle.com slash citizen dame pod. You can also throw us a couple of dollars on our Ko-Fi account. That's co-fi.com slash citizen dame. And you can get in touch with us a multitude of ways. We are on Twitter and Instagram at Citizen Dame Pod. You can email us at citizendamepod at gmail.com. And we have our website, citizendamepod.com, where we've got reviews, Blu-ray reviews, uh, essays, things like that. I think that we're getting an essay or a, a review from Karen pretty soon, probably. <laughs> it's almost done. Uh, <laughs> we're promising it for ages, Karen. I know. Uh, <laughs> There's been a lot going on in the world. Yeah, I know. I absolutely <laughs> understand. Um, so we're going to have more stuff up on there. And of course, you can get in touch with us individually. I am on Twitter and Instagram at LH Business. Karen, where are you? I am on Twitter and Instagram at Karen M. Peterson. And that will close us out for today. We will talk to y'all later. Bye. over now.